Field and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Four o'clock hours here. We're down on the Vegas Strip. Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Willie's here. James is helping out. Golden Circle, happy hour going down right now. 55-plus TVs, always free to park. That's a rarity on the Strip. So get on into Treasure Island, and you can also check out uh, Mr. Ruffin's Unreal Collection. Seems like there's something new up on the wall here all the time. Unreal Collection of Sports Memorabilia. Big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. We have not talked food at all today. At all. At all. Saturday, Sunday, breakfast time at Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Four different items. Give them a try. Watching football in the morning. we got the playoffs coming up, so excellent spot to hang out all day long. And you can bet at the Sportsbook. And if you want to bet late night or after hours, they got the uh, 24-7 kiosks here at the Golden Circle. I was just telling you, I'm like, order some food, dude. Order some food. they got a great menu here at Golden Circle. I don't think they have frog legs yet. That could be a taste like chicken, right? You ever had frog legs? I have had a few bites of the, the frog legs. Uh, not bad. It's You know what? With non-traditional animals, when you're eating them, you, it's hard to kind of get that image out of your head. I had some in the bayou. Yeah? Good? Yeah. But it does S- taste like chicken. Season them up? Yeah. Yeah, it come, they come out fried, and they're seasoned up, you know, nice with the either the cornmeal or however they do it. But, I mean, with the ones I had, it was like cornmeal with, with like some lemon pepper. It, it was good. How was Shaq recently forced to eat frog legs? What was going on here? He said that if Georgia were to beat TCU, no point spread, if Georgia beats the Horn Frogs, I'll eat frog on wow. live television. I mean, I think he wanted to eat frog. That's... I think the way that it came across was like that shock value because he didn't say fried frog legs, a delicacy, Cajun right, right, right. country. I think he just said, I'll eat a frog. Right. Like he's not, he's not going uh, Ozzy Osbourne and like biting the head off a frog. Right. Like Ozzy would do with a bat. Yeah. Those are the old days. Not, uh, not, those are the old days. Yes, they are. Uh, you don't think Ozzy's doing that anymore at home? I, I now doubt it. Now it's 70-something. It's, d- it's not safe to be biting off the head of a bat. I doubt it. Um, or snorting ants. You ever hear that story? Molly Crew told the story of being on a tour and at some hotel, motel, out by the pool, and there may have been some yayo around, but for some reason, Ozzy was like, no, nah, i got to go next level. And there was a line of ants on the ground, and he got on the ground and snorted up a line of ants. And even Molly Crew was like, what the? I have heard, this guy is insane. I have heard um, fitness fanatics, bodybuilders, yeah. that snort pre-workout. Really? Like, I take the scoop in there, and sometimes, like, I dry scoop, which means not... A lot of people think dry scooping is you take the scoop... Dry scoop of protein. Protein powder, or pre-workout, not protein. Okay. You take it, you put it in... What is pre-workout? Pre-workout is a... It stimulates your your system, and it's it's loaded with caffeine, but if it has, like, beta-alanine or some niacin, and all of a sudden, your head starts itching, and you you get a rush. I need that before the show. (laughs) Yeah. So you so so you get in there and all of a sudden you get a better pump and you're in the you're in the you're in the squat rack whatever but um, dry scooping a lot of people will put it in and then they just chase it with water and they shake it around their mouth that's not dry scooping you're just adding the water after the fact dry scoop sometimes uh, I've gone to the extreme of just dry scooping it no water 
But I've heard of people that snort their pre-workout. Shaq, though, uh, so he was a man of his word. He settled the bet, and he ate frog legs on the air. Which is actually a rarity these days. There are a lot of freaking welches on bets. Lots of them. Too many of them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to experience it well. You think? Yeah. What bet, what bet did you win where you're not going to get paid? I had a bet with a personal trainer at a local EOS. Oh, yeah. And uh, No reflection on EOS. Wonderful, no. Wonderful people. No, EOS is a great gym. It's a fantastic gym. They, they're independent, these tra- the trainers. Um, but he, uh, it was the beginning of the season. I was like, yeah, I just got back from Raider, about at the facility. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, they suck. Oh, I'm a Broncos fan. And I brought him a Broncos T-shirt that I've had since our boy wow. Vernon Fox was in because Jordan and I flew up there and we went to a game and they were giving out like these old when they had Wyoming colors. Right. They were giving throwback shirts from the 60s. And I had just had it still. So I brought it in and then I had some pins. You know, they give the little pins before Raiders games. So we had a bet. But it had nothing to do with the Raiders. The bet was, I said, the Broncos are coming in last place. No way. Russell Wilson, but a new coach. I said, dude. The Broncos are coming in last place. End of, end of story. No, they're not. Okay. Let's bet. I don't bet money. You know that. I bet food. So I bet a lunch. I saw him the other day for the first time. Um, he was very, very distant, very cold. Is that right? Non-conversationally. Didn't was, want to bring up All of a sudden, that, he was huh? like, this is a dude that would, like, dap it up, dap in a hug. Hey, hey what's up? What's up, big dog? Da, 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 you know, and, or in the middle of a training session, they'll be like, you know, I'm working this person over here, whatever the person's name is, right? For arguments, like, I'm working James today. Oh, does he know? Oh, he's going to learn today. Like, I walked up to him, and I rolled up on him, and he just kind of looked, and he nodded. He's like, what's up? Turned his head. So, obviously, he didn't want to conversate. So, I didn't even bring it up. I'll get welched on with that. You and I split for the year. We went two and two, so it's basically a wash. The only bet that I'm probably going to get paid on is from our Lotus it's not really brethren. What would that be? Hockey expert? Hockey expert, Lindsey Brown. We bet straight up Dallas versus Minnesota. I obviously won that one, 40-3. That's she, rough. Yeah. Did you, and you saw the post I made uh, last week. I went into Cafe uh, or uh, Roma Deli. I had some uh, lunch, and I posted a picture of it. And I said something about it. And she, I said, this will be where you can pay off. She was like, bet, I'm in. Lindsay will pay. We're going to do it over Christmas, but you get busy, you know. Number three. We're going to talk a lot about Tom Brady until he decides where he's going to be and until the Raiders decide on who they're going to get at quarterback to replace Derek Carr. But pretty interesting. You saw all the uh, heat given to Brandon Staley for playing a lot of his stars in their meaningless game. Why was Brady out there for the Bucks in Week 18? Well, Tampa Bay wanted to sit him. For the regular season finale. Um, they had nothing to play for in Atlanta. It secured the NFC South. Brady wasn't having any of them. 45 years old. He said, no, 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 no. I'm in. I'm playing. I'm not missing a start. I want to play. I want to stay warm. I want to keep it going. So he plays. Completed 13 to 17 pass attempts, 84 yards, touchdown against the Falcons. And then he was replaced. Um, so, yeah, he just... He wanted to. He wants to play. He wants to play. He wants to play. Plain he and want, simple. He wants to stay warm. Number two. Our own Willie Ramirez featured in the local paper, making his picks on Wild Card Weekend. What pick are you most excited about? 
I picked against my Cowboys. I went with the uh, everyone else's pick. Of course, I'm taking the Jags. But uh, I think the Giants are going to beat the Vikings. I, I think that Daniel Jones, you know, there's so much knock against him. But in reality, I think he's in the most advantageous situation, as I wrote, um, because you have such a strong running back in Saquon Barkley. And the fact that, um, as our good friend Mark McGillan brought up earlier, um, with Justin Jefferson, if you cut, if you zero in to shut that down, Minnesota's already somewhat of a one-dimensional team. Um, I, I'm not sure how strong with Dalvin. I, mean, I, I think the Giants can can somewhat stabilize Minnesota's running game and 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 then focus in on Justin Jefferson. Whereas I think Daniel Jones can do enough to manage the offense, make a couple of quick strikes. Um, make the right passes, manage the offense well, and Saquon Barkley can handle and shoulder the burden. So I think the Giants are in a better and more advantageous situation offensively. Number one. We really didn't get much reaction from you so far on Derek Carr and what he did yesterday on social media and his big goodbye yeah. to Raider Nation. What do you think? Um, Is that the way to handle it? I, well, I this was long overdue. I think it should have already been done. You know, he wanted to do, obviously it would have been nice for him to be able to wave to the crowd knowing he was on his way out, but he didn't get that chance. But um, I think it was well-crafted. I'm sure that um, Tim Younger, his, his, his agent, helped create and craft that. They followed with their own statement. And, uh, yeah, I think it was professionally done. I thought that there were a couple little shots in there that, you know, that he obviously was going to take and saying, I wish I could have done this. I wish I could have said a goodbye properly. But, you know, it was... It was professionally done, and there was no other way he was going to do it. And I think it was also strategically done before he's going to be guest speaking, as whether he's preaching or not, but Saturday night and then Sunday at two masses um, at his church. Are you going to go? No. Why? Why not? Because. You're on the beat. No. I and you're a man of faith. I, I, yeah, It'll be a I nice am, combination. It's, but it's the wrong place. It's, I mean, come on. You're going to go out there. I mean, anyone that goes out there and tries to do that and tries to get a story, to me, is ridiculous. You want to film it uh, and cover. You, you want to go out there and cover You've been warned. that he's preaching, fine. But you're going to go out there and then what? Request an interview? Come on. Stop it. He puts down his mic. Literal mic drop. Why are you getting all fired up? I just don't think, I just don't agree with it. The first thing I thought of when I saw that they decided it was a story that he's going to be appearing in his – I mean, come on. I mean, it's a nice little – maybe a nice little pass the basket and get the tiding going. But you go out there and trying to get a story in some interviews is ridiculous. If I see TV cameras and they're trying to badger him for interviews, joke. What's the uh, minimum in terms of the tithing that you – you know, you walk through the doors, you're like – the 20 spot to get some access to Derek Carr. There's no access in terms of tithing. I mean, if the, the media is not going to come on. Dude's getting millions. I watch like Benny Hinn and some of these other televangelists. It seems like there's some yeah, some he, access granted. He's, he's not Joel Osteen. He's, no, he's not. <laughs> what do you think his message will be? Perseverance. Tolerance. Uh, faith. Having faith and staying true to your faith. That's, I mean, 
you know, he's brought it up at different times, but I think that's the one thing that he's going to bring up is, you know, what he's gone through and persevering, believing in God, staying true to his faith, and then believing that what's in store for him is the plan that God's laid out for him. I'll make a clunky transition back to some NFL playoff picks this weekend. I noticed that you picked the Seahawks to stay within hailing distance. Mm-hmm. I think you had a 24-17 against the Niners. How much of that pick is your lack of faith in rookie quarterbacks? You know, a rookie quarterback hasn't won in the playoffs since 2012. That was Russell Wilson. There, I think there's 19. We're talking about Brock Purdy here. Yeah. There's 19 quarterbacks all time, rookie quarterbacks all time, that have started playoff games. They've been in 28 games because some have actually had runs. 9-19 and 19 is the record, but like I just said, there's only been, uh, well, there hasn't been a winner since 2012, and I think it's 1-8 and eight recently. Are you worried about Purdy? Because I'm worried about no. Purdy. I, I think we're all just assuming that this is going to keep humming along. I think it's the playoffs. I think Pete Carroll has been there, and I think it's a matter of playing strategic, playing keep away, and a stringent defense. And I think that the only way the Seattle can stay close is by playing defense. So by Peter Carroll drawing up the proper uh, defensive game, it's more so just um, a game of keep away at that point. And, and I think that San Francisco knows part of that is to have a strong rushing game to complement Brock Purdy. I don't think that they're going to go in trying to be aggressive. I think they're going to have to play a, a smart game. So I think it's going to be just sort of a, a tug-of-war physical game. More Niner Seahawks on the way. We'll also get you ready for a Mountain West game tonight. Nevada is hosting Utah State, and we'll check in with uh, Nevada Sports Nets. Shannon Kelly here on Cofield and Company. I'm just going to talk about the fact that the Niners have won nine consecutive games with a backup, backup quarterback. I'm just going to talk about the fact that the Niners have beaten everybody and they mama in these last two and a half months. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Yeah, a lot of people glossing over that. They've won all these games with a backup, backup. Also mentioned rookie quarterback, seventh-round pick. Rookie quarterbacks generally stink in the playoffs. When they start, the history is not good. A lot of news going down in Reno. We're on ESPN Reno, on ESPN Las Vegas. Willie and Cofield. Shannon Kelly, nice enough to join us from Nevada Sportsnet. We'll get into the NFL, but uh, Shannon, first of all, how are you doing? Hey, guys. I am doing pretty well. Busy week, but it is Friday, so that's always a good thing, right? Oh, yeah, and this Friday is unique because uh, the Mountain West Conference has started to roll out feature Friday games, and there's a big one on the way with Nevada and Utah State. Yeah, there is. It'll be a big one tonight at Waller Event Center. Nevada looking to bounce back after that loss against San Diego State the other day. A really tough one for Nevada after coming out of the gate, you know, being down 10-0 there early, kind of just set the tone seemed like for things down in San Diego on Tuesday night. What did you see in the game that concerned you? I mean, certainly a positive at the end. They made a big rush, and, you know, if you're a better, they actually covered the points right because I was kind of watching that. But uh, <laughs> give, me what, give me the concerns in the game uh, that, you know, has you worried, has um, some folks around Reno worried about, you know, the potential of a team that got out to this unreal start. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for concern there was, you know, letting San Diego State go on those runs. They went on a 10-0 run there, then a 7-0 run, then a 9-0 run. And, you know, Nevada's main contributors and Jared Lucas, Keenan Blackshear, and Will Baker were held to just 30 points. And that's well below 
their average. So that was a little concerning that if these guys who have been around the league for a while are going to be held below their scoring average, that it'll be tough. I mean, the freshmen that did play did really well. Nick Davidson, Darian Williams, Trey Pettigrew, 34 points for them. But uh, that's tough when your guys, you know, who are experienced aren't able to produce like they normally would. You want to hear a crazy number in terms of futility for the the two big basketball playing schools in the state of Nevada. Um, I think if I'm correct, the Pack have lost it's 18 of 21 games against might be 19 19 of 21 games against San Diego State. UNLV is currently in a two and 19 run. So we're talking wow. in 40. Yeah, in 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 uh, what would the the math for all of that would be in 40 plus games now? They're they're like freaking five and 38. The two schools. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it really is, it's its amazing. That's an 8 o'clock start tonight, right? Yeah, an 8 o'clock start, a late one up here. These 8 o'clock late starts, yeah. anytime. Just, yeah, uh, <laughs> the TV window gets the best of us, I guess. So what's the what's the attendance going to be like? Because uh, UNLV had a 8 o'clock start on Wednesday, and it was just so-so. I don't know what the reported number was, but it was probably 6,000 against Boise State. Another, you know, um, stalwart in, in the conference of the, they're going to draw a crowd tonight at Lawler? I think so. I think, you know, the way especially how they responded against San Jose State that game last Saturday being down and then going on that 25-0 run and how well they played defensively, I think people are still excited for what this team can do. And, you know, I think fans knew, too, going in to San Diego State, it was going to be a tough game. It's a place Nevada has never won at the Ahoff Arena since joining the Mountain West. So I think... You know, people still come out tonight and support. I think there should be a pretty good crowd there, especially because it is a Friday night. So these late tip-offs during the week are tough. As you said, that game, you know, we and Boise State during the week, I mean, that's tough if you're, you know, working the next day to go to an 8 o'clock game down at the Thomas and Mac and not get home till at least 11 o'clock. But uh, hopefully they should have a good crowd. I think they will, though, tonight. Yeah, and I should mention uh, UNLV students aren't back in class yet until early in the week, so that, that may have added another 1,000 or 1,500 students to the mix this last Wednesday, but it'll uh, start up again this coming week. Shannon Kelly's with us, Nevada Sportsnet. Let's talk some Raiders and Niners. First with the Raiders, I saw you pull the quote from Derek Carr's long statement uh, that said um, basically um, he never envisioned it ending this way. Are you surprised that he said that? I am a little bit just because of how much you know it's meant to him to play for this team and I think in the moment probably it was easier said than done but he acknowledged that he said you know I I said once said that if I'm a Raider not a Raider um I would rather be at home and he didn't envision it really ending this way and I don't think Raiders fans envisioned it ending that way either so definitely a a bold statement but I think it was Nice the way how he acknowledged that as well and didn't just kind of say it to say it in the past. Like it was something that he truly did mean. Yeah, I think he meant it for sure, Shannon. And I I don't think that – it's not the matter that I don't think he believed it was going to end that way. I don't think it was – I don't think he believed it was ever going to end. I think that mm-hmm. he he figured I brought my boy here, you know, my 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 college roommate, my homie, I my 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 best receiver, my off uh, off season guy, Devontae's here, and everything's going to be fine. And I don't think that he saw it falling apart the way they did. I also don't think that he ever meant that he was never going to play again. He just never believed he was never not going to be a Raider. 
Yeah, and that's what's tough because, like you said, he brought Devontae Adams, you know, he brought his guy with him and, and thought, hey, this is going to be the future of Raiders football. But, um, yeah, I think it was really tough that things have ended this way for him. And that was the first thing that he, you know, he came out and said the other day in, in his statement, the first public comment that he made since the whole situation evolved a couple weeks ago. So if if we didn't see the comeuppance of a one Brock Purdy, which I saw as a high school player when he was with the Tucson Turf and 7-on-7 seven seven, uh, team, they came out here and won the pylon in uh, February that they play every year at the uh, Heritage Park. You know, there was a part of me that believed that if he was going to, if uh, Derek Carr was going to be sort of pushed out of town, you know, Fresno, hometown, maybe Frisco, I don't think that's a spot. But speaking of San Francisco and the come up if it's a Brock Purdy, big game for the 49ers on Saturday. A lot of fan base there in Reno. Seahawks come to town. What do you think? Yeah, I think San Francisco has they're going to come out with this one. I do think so. I mean, the 49ers winning 10 in a row, uh, two convincing victories really over the Seahawks earlier um, in the season. So I just think that they have a good chance. I mean, Brock Purdy's been doing what Brock Purdy's been doing well the last couple of of weeks that we've seen him, and the defense continues to shine as well as they did against the Cardinals there. Uh, I mean, everybody's in the playoffs though for a reason, right? I mean, everybody's there for a reason. So hopefully it is a competitive game and not a complete blowout, but things are set up nicely for San Francisco to make a nice little run here in the postseason. And I get it that they beat Seattle twice, but um, I brought this up earlier to a, to a different guest who played in the NFL, Mark McMillan, in that there's a site that I follow um, for specific things. Schedule of strength. Right now San Francisco sitting dead last. Um, a matter of fact, the bottom three teams are Dallas, Philly, and San Francisco. Do you think that the regular season schedule, the strength of it, plays a difference? Where now, now you got the best of the best in the postseason, and they may be finally coming up its toughest competition. I think so. I think it can, and and that's a great point because yeah, you look at what they did during the regular season, and then it's like okay, then what now during the postseason? You know, does any of that have carryover? I guess. So I think, yeah, that can definitely play a role. Um, but that's tough when, you know, they're winning 10 straight, but the teams that they played are down at the bottom. So how do you kind of judge that amongst the rest of the competition, per se, who played a better schedule, might not necessarily have the record to show it. But, um, I mean, that's why we play, you know, four quarters of football, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. I mean, uh, nobody thought maybe, well, I mean, I thought the Raiders 49ers game was going to be a good one a couple weeks ago. I know maybe others thought maybe it would have been a blowout that San Francisco would have blown the Raiders out. But, hey, it was a different game. They went to overtime. We could see an overtime game tomorrow. Who knows? (laughs) Nevada basketball playing tonight. Uh, One of the reasons we have Shannon Kelly on today also to uh, talk a little Raiders and Niners. She's from Nevada Sportsnet. I noticed you guys are closing the gaps on uh, some of the games uh, with a pack that may have not been picked up nationally. We're doing the same thing down here, but uh, there's I think there's at least one more game coming up, right, that you guys are going to be televising the game? Yeah, at least one more game. The game at Boise State, uh, that is on the 17th, so this nice. upcoming Tuesday. And then the game against San Jose State next month, 
at Lawler Event Center, and then when UNLV comes to town in the Mountain West regular season finale there at the beginning of March, Uh-oh. we'll be broadcasting all all three of those Uh-oh. as well. These, these games are going to be yeah. gigantic. Hey, let's close. Let's close on this. Uh, one of the video features you've been doing, uh, sitting down with a lot of the uh, transfer portal guys, especially guys who are coming back to play football. Uh, with Ken Wilson, and I know you you, uh, you sat down with uh, Ashton Hayes, another running back in the fold. Yeah, he came by the studio uh, a couple days ago, but it was great just to chat with him and kind of see why he wanted to come back, and he really believes in what Coach Wilson is building at Nevada. He felt like Cal wasn't the fit he originally had anticipated. He had flipped to go there late after he originally committed to Nebraska, but after their whole coaching situation was in shambles kind of last year. Uh, decided to go to Cal, and, you know, he learned a lot, he said, but also their previous offensive line coach, Angus McClure, who's now with Nevada, uh, was his lead recruiter there. So when he came back home, you know, that certainly helped his decision, and I think it'll be a good fit for him. He joined, you know, Peyton Dixon, the other running back, who's from Bishop Minogue. So it's nice to see local talent coming back home and feeling like, they're welcome as well to come back to Northern Nevada. Shannon, good spot. We'll be watching on uh, Twitter tonight for all the updates for the Nevada-Utah State game. Thank you. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Ken Wilson bringing back some uh, Northern Nevada locals on the bounce back. I'd love to see Barry Odom be able to do the same thing with some Vegas kids. And, yeah, the situation got kind of tough at Cal with the uh, running back because Jay Knott, the freshman, was awesome. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Giveaway time, 364-1100. Collective Soul playing tomorrow in Las Vegas at the Palms in the Pearl. Tickets tomorrow, last chance to win them. Collective Soul, two tickets. Ari's got your hookup. 364-1100, Ticketmaster is where you can grab the tickets on your own, but big show at the Palms Collective Soul. Two tickets tomorrow night show, 8 o'clock start, 364-1100, So it's interesting, uh, we've got all these TVs here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's 55 plus, and then they can actually make some of them like mega screens. Yeah. You were pointing at one of the screens off in the distance near our set, and I looked over, oh, we have a speaker on the way, and I was like, why is Willie all fired up about gymnastics? What was going on? They were doing the story on, it's, it looked a period like they, they were doing a story on Olivia Dunn. Who is Olivia Dunn? I've never heard of this person so until Dunn, you sent me a note today. Olivia Dunn is a talented gymnast from LSU, hmm. but she created a TikTok, and... As you can imagine, most gymnasts, male or female, bodies are incredible shape. So, you know, there, there, there's maybe one ounce of body fat on, on, on a gymnast. Um, but she, her TikTok has gone absolutely ballistic, millions of followers. Kind of like the Gonzalez twins when they were basketball players yeah. for UNLV, yeah. Kansas, and then UNLV. I can see the draw of the, the gymnast. I was a massive fan. You were talking about, you know, the physicality. I was a massive fan of Mitch Gaylord back in the day. Yeah, so... Olivia Dunn has drawn some. She's, contro- kind, of, she's dra- kind of popular. She's drawn some controversial comments. Oh, really? Uh, she's dra- she's drawn them. Yeah, Stanford coach Tara Vanderveer has made. Oh re- no! Sort of comments like, 
you know, there are ways that we can promote better than with sexual innuendo type stuff. Like basically blaming her. But the thing is... This is a great conversation. But the thing is, Olivia Dunn is not... She's not... It's not like she has an OnlyFans. She's, if, she's, if she's doing something from the locker room in a gymnastic leotard... Right. You know, it's the same thing as if we see... There's women wrestling in college. There's a local girl who's ranked number one in the country, Peyton Prussen, two-time All-American. So she has a deal with one of those uh, apps for the phone, those training apps, trainers app. Download the app and work out with me, meaning you can get her workout. When she promotes it, she's in sport bra and, like, Nike uh, compression shorts. She's, She's in incredible shape. She's a wrestler. So... She's just doing what she does. And, and, she's just, and she is so popular that now... She goes on the road. When she's on the road, they're having to up security because I guess there was a, a, some trouble with her going into the crowd after an event. Yes. So now they've got to beef up security when she goes on the road. She's got 6.7 million TikTok followers. Yep. Boy, the Tower of Vanderveer angle, though. We might have to get a guest on this story. This I always find this fascinating because... Guys speaking on the way female athletes marketing themselves along these lines is generally a no-no and gets shot down really quickly. But Tara Vanderveer is an interesting voice on this one. Let me give you the dichotomy with this. Hmm. I have heard female media members make comments about NFL or NHL players when they happen to get – they have no shirt, they're in the locker room or whatever – Boy, I would have liked to done that interview. Or send me in to do the interview when they're not wearing a shirt. Do you think that we could get away with saying something like that about a female athlete? Mm. Let me know when that leotard, when she's in that leotard, and I'll do the one-on-one. You can't do you, – you, so there, it's, it's a very strange uh, dynamic when it comes to the male and female athlete, what they're promoting, what they're posting, what media members are saying, whether it's a female media member about a male me- – uh, athlete, vice versa. But with Olivia Dunn, she's just caught the world by storm with this, with her TikTok, with her Instagram, with Reels. And you know what? Good for her. If she's making money off name, image, likeness, and she's getting paid by TikTok for the numerous views, good for her. Nevada Sports Talk Hour brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers offices in Reno and Las Vegas. Call from anywhere in the state, 766-1400. No good. It's 74-72. Here come the Bulldogs. Plenty of time. 12 seconds on the shot clock. Strother pulls up, shoots a quick three, and buries it with nine and a half to go. Bulldogs go back on top at 75-74. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling on here towards 5 o'clock. Thanks to uh, Reno for being with us, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Your guy, you're real good friends with the family. That was a big one. Um, big I, listen, I don't want to root for Gonzaga ever, but you tell me anyone's playing BYU, I'm in. And then it's a hometown guy in Julian Strother. Yeah, and it was, it was funny because I was at the Golden Knights game, and I had the game up on my laptop, and I don't ever dare text one of my best friends of 30-plus years, Lee Strother, Julian's father. But right after that, I texted, you know, 
screw the two. He comes, he pulls up for the three, and he goes, yeah, and off a bad shooting too. He just he had the nads. Those weren't the use the words that he used, but he had the nads to pull up for that. But the interview that I saw with the uh, the video, you know, the beat writer that travels with the spokesman review from um, from Spokane, Theo Lawson asked him, and Julian said, "Hey, the defenders just kept backing up off me." And left me space, and it's a shot that I work on all the time. So, yeah, I was going to take it. And he knocked it down with confidence. He pulled up with confidence and nailed the shot. Good stuff. Good pull by uh, Ari and the Vast Lotus sound crew. We're getting ready for a little more basketball talk in the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to try to track down Curtis Terry. Right, We talked uh, some Wolfpack basketball this hour. We'll talk some Rebel basketball next hour. Much more to get into with the Raiders as well, as now it's on. Derek Carr said goodbye yesterday. Now Derek Carr is going to be looking for his next stop. The Raiders are going to be looking for the next quarterback. And, you know, the discussion at hand here is the belief that a lot of national media people have and, and, and a lot of Raiders fans, too, that Derek Carr is going to have, like, ten suitors. And we explained it yesterday, and we'll explain it again. If... This contract is an opt-in. The next team could be facing a three-year responsibility with Derek Carr for upwards of $117 million. Now, Carr has to look at it and go, do I want that for my next team, or do I think I can get more money on the free market? Right? That The money part of it is a big part of this deal. And for those of you out there who think there are eight or nine teams who are going to go after Derek Carr, no, 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 no. Yeah, y'all, was good, Raider Nation? Let's talk about it. Man, shut your f***ing weird ass up. You know damn well it's going to be at least seven to eight teams interested in Derek Carr on this offseason. You better believe that. And Derek Carr is going to get his way to the Tennessee Titans, to the Miami Dolphins, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to the Seattle Seahawks, to the Arizona Cardinals. This list goes on and on and on. Why the f*** would they release him and get nothing? I tell you, man, people just be talking that propaganda. I don't want to hear it. Out of here. All right. I'm not getting out of here because I'm right. That was a guy on Twitter who I saw last week who was reacting to Mike Florio painting this picture. This is not a, hey, Derek, we're going to work together and someone's going to take your deal. And, hey, here's 10 offers we're getting all with first round picks. We're going to make out. You're going to make out. That's not the way this is likely to turn out. How do you think it's going to roll out here? It's, you know what, it's somewhat catch-22 for both. But, I mean, it, it, if the Raiders, if he stands his ground and says, nope, cut me, and, and doesn't budge on the trade clause, and it costs the Raiders five point whatever million dollars, then he's got to renegotiate a whole new deal. The, 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 the existing contract goes out the window. So he's got to keep that in mind. If he wants to have the contract that he has in place that is not going to obviously be extended and picked up and he wants to be and he wants that well guess what and he's got to agree to a trade so it's not as simple it's something that i think tim younger his agent is going to have a big say so in also derek's had time to let the, the seething process the angry process settle in now's the time and who knows? Maybe coming to grips with God this weekend when he goes and 
preaches or is the guest speaker at a church because once you make those those comments once you're once you're on the stand there the pulpit whatever you're going to you know you're you're going to come to grips because if he believes in his faith and I'm not saying that sarcastically or facetiously I'm being for real because this is a guy who apparently believes and is deep rooted into his faith so whatever speech does is given and whatever his agent has sort of embedded into his head he's going to have to be smart about this he cannot come out he cannot be angry he cannot think about this being vindictive toward the Raiders he's got to look at the best scenario for himself so if the Raiders want to get something out of it and Derek Carr wants something similar or the exact contract that he was hoping the Raiders would pick up well then he's got to agree to a trade he doesn't care and he wants to keep it put his feet in the ground and stand firm and say no I'm not waving anything cut me Okay, well, then you get to start over. you got to hope that there's a team out there that's willing to pay you what you think that you deserve. So one of the narratives we've been talking about, too, is the reality of where Derek should want to go. And that a lot of us on the show don't believe that he's cut out for some bigger markets. I ran this question by Matt McGloin, former Raider quarterback, good friends with Derek Carr. He, he really shot me down on this notion that, hey, Derek, better be careful where he goes because of the media and the fans. I don't think so. I mean, it is what it is. You know, um, you're going to deal with media wherever you play. You're, you're going to have critics wherever you're going to play. It's your job to be able to ignore that noise, to be able to focus on your job, to be able to control what you can control. And it's about the best position for Derek. It's about the best position for the organization. Where does he fit best? Yeah, I don't think he should make a decision based off of where, you know, the media is friendly versus <laughs> the media not being friendly. So Matt's kind of laughing at that notion Who's right? Well, I, I'm on the side of that. I think that there's a lot of the extenuating circumstances that he has to consider. Just He's nine years in. You, you know, it's one of those, you're not going to teach an old dog new tricks. I don't think that he can go. I don't. It has nothing. It's not a knock against It's not Derek, a knock on him. It's not a knock it's on Derek Carr. recognizing who you are. It's not a knock on Derek Carr. And what you Carr. can do. Go ahead. It's not a knock on Derek Carr about cold weather. It's plain and simple that you're nine years into your career after playing in Oakland and Las Vegas. You're just not going to want to adjust to playing in frigid weather. You're also, I don't know, you, you, you've gotten your feelings hurt here and there. You've gotten snippety with the media in Las Vegas. I mean, I'm not knocking any of my colleagues, but none of us are abrasive or harsh with Derek Carr. None, nobody has really, I mean, what, because Paul Gutierrez questioned him uh, from ESPN, questioned him before the season about his social media, why do you keep checking it? You see how bent out of shape he got in that? Last year, I asked a simple question. He never even addressed it, and he jumped on me and goes, to answer your real question, I love Oli. This year, I asked him if there was disconnect with him and the staff, and he said, I love Josh and the staff. A lot of love. But you take things out of You think he can handle New York media? And I'm telling you, folks, this is not – us getting a pound of flesh from Derek Carr now that it, he's on his way out. It's it's giving our assessment of what that relationship is going to be like in other markets. And it is part of the mix. We we just saw in the story didn't get blown up like real big here yet. But there was just stuff going on with Logan Thompson and getting mad at, you know, one of your protégés, Danny Webster. And if that 
if that festers, that is going to become a bigger story. It's just the way it works. I heard the, 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 the ranting of the fan about naming different markets. One of the one of the phrases, and it's somewhat going against, somewhat going against what I just said. I just don't know how frigid Washington D.C. compared to Buffalo, New York, Cincinnati, but not that those are places on all on the you know the the Jets obviously, and Buffalo and, and Cincinnati is not on the list. I'm just comparing, but Washington Commanders might be an interesting landing spot. A dome stadium. The New Orleans Saints might be an interesting landing spot. And tropical weather, the Miami Dolphins might be an interesting landing spot. I have a close colleague who's pretty tight with the Raiders organization. Um, and not that he knows anything, so don't take this out of context. But he brought up the commanders to me. I had been saying, uh, I said last night on TV, when it went on Channel 3, I brought up the Saints for a long shot. But Miami's also an interesting choice considering what that offense, what that quarterback situation, what it may need. I don't know what they're going to do with Tua. I'm just saying there's a veteran if they, if they were to venture that way. But Washington's interesting with the points that my guy brought up. Ooh. Ooh. Are you sure? I don't know. Is DC, just, how, we, how staunch is D.C. media? Honestly? It's, it's pretty staunch. Is it? Um, okay. that's not, that, that, that would not be my concern if I'm Derek Carr about the media there. Because that, that it does apply. It's that whole Northeast corridor. No, my concern there would be his brother, you know, via Derek via his brother on NFL Network, just said 10 days ago that Derek is looking for a stable situation between the ownership and the coach. Well, The commanders? Who who wants to go to that situation? Okay, but without without but dirt, a, without freaking Snydog out, and that's going to take that, a well, while. That's what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That that would have to be considered, and and their the sale process. Who knows how long that's going to take? It was just an interesting concept, but yes, you're right. Um, which brings me back to the Saints and the Dolphins. Yeah, I think the Saints is. I think this. We talked about the Saints yesterday for Derek Carr. I think that's one of the better situations. It'll be a nice landing spot. You know, they're mo- I, I don't think the media is going to be vicious. No. Um, I don't love the head coaching situation there, but you got a good defense. You got weapons. If Kamara, you know, keep in mind, Kamara probably is getting suspended next year for what happened here in Vegas. At some point, maybe. I mean, you would think, right? They have video of it. I think the NFL just, you know, kicked the can down the road to not have to deal with it, but they're going well, no, to have to deal with it. Well, no, they were waiting for the Deshaun Watson to see what they were going to do with him. Right. Point blank. But it is an advantageous situation for Derek Carr because he wouldn't have to, you know, shoulder the burden. As it turned out, he really didn't have to shoulder the burden that much this year. It's just that when you bring in the best receiver in football, you have to make the passing game part of your attack. But with what Josh Jacobs did, you know, you find yourself in a situation where you have to, or where you don't have to depend so much on the passing game. You just have to come in and manage drives, manage the unit and allow your running uh, back to shoulder the burden? Depending on what's happened with Alvin Kamara, yeah. I think, it, I think it, that's, a, that's a great landing spot for him. This is going to be fun, isn't it? It and is. We, and we got a short, I, but, we got, and we got a short timetable, too. But wait. We've spent several different times during this show. We're sitting here talking about, and I find it interesting that the local media, the whole, like how much fun they're having speculating 
What about who? The, the, remember the team that plays here, the Raiders? What are they going to do? Who are they bringing in? That's a topic of conversation. Absolutely. We just haven't gotten to it today. Not yet. And every day there's new rumors flying. I don't have a rumor. I just have a great. I, I, I want to hear your choice. Uh, up in a couple of minutes. Next hour is a big hour. There's a bagel eating contest going on tomorrow. Relax. Yeah. Relax. We're getting to it. We're getting to it. We're going to try to bring in. Mickey Sudo, former Las Vegan, the best female eating champion of all time, and her husband, too. Uh, Nick will be on the horn, so we'll do that in just a couple minutes.